I'm Todd Miller from Podcast Experts. In part two of our series on debt, we're having a conversation about how someone has made the decision to tackle their debt and gain some control back. In the first part of our series, Shelley Coley shared some timely warning signs when you were in financial difficulty about how small actions over a long period of time can lead to trouble. We also talked about the various forms of debt, such as credit cards, overusing credit, improper use of credit, payday loans, impulse buying. If you haven't listened to it yet, we'll put a link in the show notes below so you can go back and listen. This will be a podcast series that is loaded with great advice, and we want to, above all things, leave you with a sense of hope if you happen to recognize yourself in this discussion. In later episodes, we'll be discussing in-depth things like consolidation loans, consumer proposals, bankruptcies, and to give you hope, bankruptcy is not always the only solution. Joining me today to talk about debt is Douglas Thode, licensed insolvency trustee from D. Thode & Associates in Vancouver, British Columbia. Welcome, Doug. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I want, again, to stress that some of the information we'll be talking about may only apply to the province of BC. So if you're not in BC, please seek out the assistance of a licensed trustee locally. Doug, before we get started, I want to know how long have you been involved in debt resolution? And I asked Shelley the same question. What fills your cup from helping these people in these life-altering financial situations? I've been doing this since 1990. Um, with uh, various firms over the over the years, um, and what fills my cup is, is actually helping people start a new financial life. Um, you know, for whatever reason, uh, they got into financial difficulty. There's a way out, and there's a way to start fresh. And what Shelley touched on as well is that she remarked that. It doesn't matter what your financial bracket is, you know, no matter where you find yourself in the financial spectrum, there's always risk and there's always an ability to get yourself into some sort of trouble. Definitely. I mean, we I've done um, assessments and uh, met with people uh, from 18 years old to 83 years old, from a, a labor, a general laborer, painter, construction industry, all the way through uh, business owners in large business, uh, Toronto Stock Exchange uh, listed companies. Wow. Uh, so, Wow. Uh, you probably had many success stories over the years, and, and I'm sure we can touch on some of those success stories as the podcast series progresses. We're, we're still in the middle of the Christmas season here when we're recording this, and most people want to make it the perfect Christmas ever, whether it be by hosting, you know, the perfect family Christmas, giving the perfect gift. It can also be a time where we can potentially be facing a lot of month at the end of the money. And, and Doug, in your experience, have you found that to be true at this time of year that people tend to spend out of their reach? I think everybody, uh, like you said, wants to, to give their child, give their parent, give their friend the, the best gift possible. And unfortunately, when people look at buying a gift, they look at the gift uh, versus the cost of the gift, and they don't really relate it to their budget and what they can afford. So they tend to, yeah, they tend to, to, to give more than, than what they can afford. Shelley mentioned that as well in our chat where, it was it was the gift and not the price, but there was also, let's say, an inclination to buy something based on the fact that they could put it on a card, so they would spend more, but they wouldn't have to worry about it until a later date. Uh, that definitely happens, you know. Whether especially now when we we have COVID, people are tending to buy online 
more than um, they used to. And um, with the online shopping, I'm going to say it's kind of like casinos where they don't you don't get to play money. You play chips at a table. And casinos have done studies that people tend to spend more when they don't recognize that it's money. And when you're online shopping, you definitely don't recognize how much you're spending. And if there's room on the card, the transaction will go through and yeah, you'll owe the money at a later date. But a lot of people don't keep track of of exactly what they're spending online or on a card. That's interesting that you've mentioned that too. And I'm not trying to shame any online companies, but I have noticed myself when I was doing some online shopping this year, there's a little teaser now under the price where they drop the price if you apply for their credit card, which is uh, kind of a novel concept. That's interesting. I actually have um, never bought anything online, so I don't know what what it does. Well, it, it prevents you from slogging out into the snow uh, when you're <laughs> trying to do your shopping and and you know carrying all those packages. And you know, I think it's a it's a wonderful thing. But I just noticed that this year that now they've said, oh, you know, apply for our card and we'll drop your price and give you free shipping. So there's an extra incentive to do that. And I'm not certain it's the best, but so be well, it. Yeah, I mean, the shopping, uh, the stores, the online stores, they're in the business to make money. And the more product they sell, uh, the more money they actually make. Uh, so I, I think that's their incentive that, um, I, I mean, I've been to, to Amazon, I've seen it, I've seen, you know, hey, people who who have bought this have also bought this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, it's everything you buy, it's that checkout counter mentality where, hey, if it's sitting at the checkout, maybe I'll just pick it up. Interesting you mentioned that. And I know too, when you, when, even in person shopping, when you're buying an electronic device or a car, they say, hey, do you want the extended the warranty? Do you need batteries for that? Uh, it would be nice if you want, you know, gift wrapping, it's extra. And there's all these little add-ons that they tend to to uh, introduce the last possible moment. That is true. We want to stress that each situation is different, but we don't want to see people waking up with a debt hangover in January. So I'd like to talk about what someone can expect once they've decided to contact you for a consultation and then briefly discuss the next steps beyond that. So Doug, what are what are some of the biggest fears that you've uh, learned about over the years that prevent or delay someone from contacting you for help? Uh, most people, uh, I would think, are, are embarrassed. Uh, they don't know that there are alternatives out there for them. They don't talk about their financial difficulties with their friends, family. They do talk about pretty much everything else with their friends and family except for financial difficulties. Though most people have financial difficulties and they think that they're alone in the situation. And because they believe that they're alone, um, they don't know who to turn to. Whether they think it's a lawyer or an accountant, they just delay because they don't know where to look and and where to go. I would think that there's a natural fear that um, even though they're in a dire financial situation, that it could get worse by opening the can of worms and, and telling someone like yourself, okay, here's where I really am. And and there probably is a natural fear that they're going to lose everything. There, there definitely is that fear. 
you know, I, I, I just want to go back. I, I think a lot has to do with pride. Hmm. People, and I think Canadians generally, you know, they've been taught, whether it be by the credit card companies themselves, the banks, you know, they borrow the money, it's their responsibility to pay it back. And Canadians in themselves, um, it's my belief that everybody wants to pay their debt. If they can't pay their debt, if there's an issue that they've overextended themselves to help support their family, they will uh, sacrifice their children's clothing and what they spend and their food budget um, so that they can make the debt payments. Mm. And they do that for years. A lot of people do that for years before they look for help. And when they do look for help, there's a lot of people that come in to see me, they're ashamed that they can't pay their debt. I think that you're right. It, it is pride. They they feel a sense of a, a need to solve this problem on their own. And many times that leads them to a worse situation. And I'm sure it's not a pleasing feeling to say, I tried my best and I wasn't able to do it. I need help. Absolutely. And, and um, fortunately, licensed insolvency trustees are out there to help. So we talked about this in the first episode with Shelley, but to recap briefly, what would be some of the catalysts for someone to reach out again, you know, a, a letter, a phone call, and, and why those are so important to, to not ignore? And if they do, then they come see you, correct? Correct. Um, so uh, even before they get to that stage, they should, you know, whenever they uh, there is a warning sign that, hey, maybe they're in financial difficulty, they should be calling a licensed insolvency trustee or Detailed and associates, so that we can review their situation and maybe give them some alternatives. Uh, even if our alternative is, you know, reinforcing what they wanted, uh, they think they can do, or do it on their own. You know, if they they find themselves using credit and and carrying balances on their credit cards, if they have to go to payday loans to make ends meet, and if they they're only making minimum payments on their credit cards. Collection calls uh, start coming in. Uh, threatening legal action. If you can't pay your taxes, if you don't save for uh, self-employed people, if they're not saving for their taxes or getting their books and records done on, on a monthly basis, you know they're probably running into uh, financial difficulties. When something like that happens, it's it's maybe time to take a step back and look at your situation. And maybe it's just, you know, somebody needs to uh, to readjust their budget so that the money is there for what they need it there for and that they don't have to use payday loans to make ends meet. We talked about that, too, with Shelley. And I just simply want to call attention to what you said and really put a focus on that. Don't wait. What you're saying is don't wait until you get the collection letters or the calls or the legal action, you can actually help people before if they're just struggling with managing the money so that you can help them, in fact, you know, make sure none of this other stuff happens. Absolutely. We're, we're here to, to help them no matter what the solution is. Uh, and if the solution is um, budgeting, better money management, we can help them do that. So let's talk about that first consultation. What's the typical timeline when somebody reaches out for you um, to when you're able to sit down with them and, and start figuring things out? 
But normally, either uh, one of our trustees, license insolvency trustees, or our senior administrators, can now with COVID, we can discuss the situation with people over the phone that same day. Um, most people, it takes them a couple days, um, however, to get the um, the information ready that we have. But if they had the information ready, we could spend an hour on the phone with them um, or, or invite them to the office to discuss uh, their situation. Some of the information we need in terms of getting things together, you know, list of their assets, uh, list of their creditors, who they owe, how much they owe, what bank it is. Um, these, these all play a part into the solutions because every bank treats a defaulted credit card different. The um, household income, the household expenses, you know, whether or not there's, you know, child support, extraordinary medical condition expenses, or um, employment related expenses, uh, those type of things we will need to, to review during that initial assessment. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, about, you know, marital status and separations and child support, that all factors in and, and plays a part in the ultimate solution. That does, yes. When you meet someone for the first time or you talk to them the first time, what, what, are, the f- what, what are the feelings that they're experiencing? I'm sure there's like concern, panic, fear for the unknown, again, fear for, for losing everything. Uh, there definitely is a fear. Um, most uh, individuals that come see me, they're worried about losing their car. Uh, they're worried about losing their house if they have a house. Some people even worry that um, uh, we're going to take 100% of their income and they won't have any income to uh, spend on bare necessities. That if they were to go bankrupt, they would lose everything, including their, their income to the creditors, which is definitely not the case. That's good to know. So how many, I guess, it varies, I guess, by situation, but, you know, is there is there a certain number of consultations that are involved in this process once you get the first one out of the way? Well, what we do is, is the first consultation is free. For the most part, um, you know, that consultation can last anywhere from half an hour to, uh, I've spent, uh, you know, a couple hours with various individuals uh, discussing their situation, you know, every situation is different as to how long that lasts for. Uh, depends on the questions that they would have, might have. If it's something that we can do and, and help them with, and where they're going to do a, a follow through on a legal alternative to deal with a debt, um, for the most part, our every consultation is free, and, and eventually, when they go through with things, we we will get paid. Um, through the process if it's something that um we've set them and recommended that they go to their bank to get a you know debt consolidation loan or to um, a mortgage broker to maybe refinance their house you know for the most part these individuals if they have any small questions i'll be happy to take their phone call and and discuss with them uh, their situation um as many times as they want to call me and need to call me. So that first consultation, as you said, is free. And that's an initial, here's where I am in my financial world right now. <laughs> and then there's all, some some information gathering where you're going to be asking them for, like you said, you know, bank statements, credit card statements, uh, 
spousal support payments, child support payment details, uh, anything that where they're paying money out or getting money in, correct? Correct. So, so the initial consultation is free. Um, we'll spend the time with them uh, on that. Uh, perhaps if they have all the information, we can fill out the, uh, the necessary paperwork uh, so that um, we have uh, all the information to properly prepare the legal documents. Um, and we can gather all that in one session. Uh, for the most part, though, it becomes, you know, we gather as much information as we can. Um, you know, usually there's a couple things that are missing that we need to get some some additional details on. We get those additional, uh, they go, they gather those initial details. Uh, they can either come back, get the information back to us. We spend time on the phone with them, hammering out the final solution, and then preparing the docu- the legal documents for their signatures. So what I'm hearing is that within a very short period of time, someone's life could be literally turned around where you're giving them an incredible sense of hope where, you know, 24 hours ago they had an intense fear that they were in a situation that was probably unsolvable. Absolutely. Within 24 hours, we can do it. Uh, I've done it, um, you know, within an hour and a half uh, when there was an urgent need where somebody's wages were going to be garnished the next day. Um, to get the stay of proceedings put in place. And a stay of proceedings, just, it, it's a, a legal process that stops creditor action. Um, and as long as there's, uh, they file bankruptcy or a proposal prior to the garnishment, um, then we can, um, we can stop the garnishment uh, immediately uh, so that they have their paycheck for food or their paycheck for their rent. That's incredible. It, it, and you've you've done many of these where people have literally has gone down to the wire where they come to you and say the next day there's going to be some sort of action and you're able to uh, potentially able to to stop that. Yes, uh, absolutely. We've uh, we've got it. Um, and usually it's it's Canada Revenue Agency uh, all of a sudden uh, because Canada Revenue Agency doesn't have to uh, notify anybody of a lawsuit they can just send a what's called a requirement to pay to their employer uh, and garnish their wages. And as Shelley said, even freeze your bank account without any prior notification. Uh, correct. Wow. So that is, in a nutshell, the first consultation process. And um, what I'd like to do now is what is the best way or what are the various ways that people can reach out to you to, uh, to, to ask a question or start the process? Uh, in terms of reaching out to me, they can call call us at uh, 250-712-5353 or, the, or at uh, 604-336-9533 if they're in the uh, lower mainland area, in the Vancouver area. And visit us on our website at www.outofdebt.ca and uh, email us info at outofdebt.ca or dthode at outofdebt.ca. Uh, both will come to my desk and I'll respond within um, hours. And I've uh, been perusing the website. It's it's a, There's a wealth of information there. So even if it's three in the morning, by all means, go to that website, outofdebt.ca and, and have a poke around. And uh, there's a lot of free resources right there just to uh, to prepare you and, 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 and get someone 
familiar with the process. Thank you for uh, telling me that the website looks good. I'm, I, I try to update it all as many times as I can to make it uh, more user friendly. So. I think we all are guilty of that, uh, you know, not not updating as often as we can. Uh, Doug, I'd like to thank you for your time. Uh, and we're going to have you back because we're going to be talking about um, more in-depth consumer proposals and bankruptcies. So once they've signed that, that legal proceeding to move forward, um, we want to get into some of the details about what's next and what to expect next. Doug Thode from D. Thode & Associates in Vancouver, British Columbia. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you very much.